TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys and a Mike Show. Beautiful, beautiful Friday here in the fine city of Chicago. Hope everybody's got a great weekend playing sports and or otherwise. It's the TalkZone.com. Two Guys and a Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Big Dog and the Coach, hopefully. Hopefully. David Olson, producer extraordinary. When I left the Big Dog yesterday, he was not in great shape, working on about two hours sleep. After a golf outing where uh, both the two of us completely embarrassed ourselves, by the way. but um, And then he was headed for an overnight shift at work. So I don't know. The dog said he would make an appearance today, but the odds are uh, he might be under the weather slash completely crashed out. Big Dog's been working about 39 of the last 48 hours. So we're hoping to be uh, joined by him, but if not, we will talk sports, have some fun here as we always do on the two guys and a mic show. Our phone number, 888 48, uh, David, while we were gone yesterday, I'm assuming you held down the fort, okay? Indeed I did. Any uh, disasters, any interesting things? Did we get any nasty phone calls I need to be aware of? I'll share them with you after the show, Coach. <laughs> I can I can hardly wait. Now, you know, people build their whole morning routines around this show, well, and when you're not here, it's... Don't stop it, stop it, stop We played, apparently, uh, we played, normally we bring a young co-host in and do a show. We apologize that yesterday we played a replay of uh, the day before show not something we typically want to do but uh, we had to do it on the spur of the moment a little business to take care of we apologize for that but uh, we're back and we are live today right am i live or is this recorded uh this is live are you sure because many people you say i'm going to come in and check your pulse it's possible okay after yesterday's golf outing you might want to do that uh, an absolute embarrassment by the way speaking of golf we will talk some pga golf today tiger woods Pretty impressive comeback in uh, the always colorful, if not mercurial, Bubba Watson on top of the leaderboard in the PGA Golf Championship, the final major. Hard to believe the good times keep rolling on. The final major of the uh, golf season, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, Whistling Straits. Love the name of that, Whistling Straits Golf Club. But, uh, yeah, yesterday me and the big dog golfing with our ex Radio producer Big John Palady was for a, a wonderful cause, the Children's Oncology Services. A great guy named Steve Ritchie who uh, puts this thing together. I think it's been the 12th annual. We've been involved the last three years. And um, last year it got rained out, although I guess in the rain date, uh, the big dog made it. I was not able to. It was like a rain date of a rain date of a rain date. It was like the third date they tried to run the tournament. I couldn't make it. And apparently last year on the rain date of the rain date, it rained. But somehow they played through it, got in the 18 holes. But uh, Steve Ritchie, great, great guy, Children's Oncology Services. The uh, golf outing was called Swinging for the Kids. And uh, tremendous outing. Had about 60 people fed us very, very well. The only disappointment, very disappointed, the Bloody Mary girl. The Bloody Mary cart apparently was not in the budget for this year, which was very disappointing because me, Joel, and the Bloody Mary girl – Hit it off very good a couple of years ago. Again, last year I missed the event. Uh, and a couple of years ago, me and Joel did not golf. See, we, we we found the right niche. They put us on the 10th green or 10th tee. And as people would come up to the 10th tee, we were actually announcing like it was a golf tournament. 
And the guy who runs the tournament, Mr. Steve Ritchie, guy's getting a lot of PR here. I may have to charge him from now on every time I mention his name. But uh, he, he gave us some background info on these various golfers who didn't know me and Joel. Most of them were completely annoyed by us. But, uh, yeah, we stood up there with the microphone and basically made fun of people. And believe me, we did that two years ago. That was a much, much more enjoyable experience than actually having to golf ourselves. First time playing a full 18. Played a couple of par threes. My first time playing a full 18 probably in four years. Love to hear from some golfers out there um, who have played recently and uh, want to talk about their golf game, maybe the goods and the bads and the everything in between, and certainly the PGA tournament, maybe some humorous things that have happened to them, maybe some things that they've seen this year on the golf course. Are the uh, etiquette getting worse? Is it getting better? Are people playing slower? Are people playing faster? That's one thing I do pride myself in on the golf course. Uh, my theory, my motto is I may be bad, but I'm quick. Get through those 18 holes as fast as I can. Not many practice swings. Occasionally I'll line up a putt, but for the most part, let it go. Let it go. But it was not pretty yesterday. The only thing that kept me together was the fact that Joel might have been worse than me. By the way, Joel playing in sandals, and I was in brand new black gym shoes. <laughs> so you guys were there to class up the joint, basically. <laughs> Meanwhile, radio partner uh, uh, Big John Palladia, our ex-radio producer, uh, who actually is a, is, a, is a very good golfer, he comes out there with the brand new golf shoes, you know, like the brown suede things with the little the little buckles, very little nicely. Uh, Put together, you could tell they had just been shined, beautiful golf shoes, and Joel's out there with the sandals, and I'm out there with my black gym shoes. Thank you very much. Never bought a pair of golf shoes in my life. And after 54 years, not planning on it anytime in the near future. But it was not good. Not good. Big Dog was really brutal. He would swing, as you would expect from the Big Dog, about as hard as you possibly can. And going with a powerful swing and having a pair of sandals on, not a good combination. One time he went full, like a 360. Actually, it'd be about a four or a 360 plus 184, about a 540 spin. About one and a half times around, boom, down on the ground. Minor back injury, minor hip injury. Full swing. Full swing. He actually went about a yard and a half beyond the tee. The ball was still on the tee, so his body went farther than the ball. Big dog was not good. Occasionally, though, when he hit it, a couple of times couple of times, he just smacked it. about 240, 250 straight down the uh, the fairway. But out of 18 holes, only about two of his 18 drives went there. Most of them went left and right. And that was equally as bad. Bad golf. Bad golf. If you're a bad golfer out there, I'd love to hear from you. What do you do to psychologically handle being a bad golfer? Sense of humor. If you're one of those guys that uh, lose your temper, you can't control yourself, uh, great time to come out, admit it, get a little therapy here on the radio. Love to hear from the golfers today. The good golfers, that's fine, particularly those of you that are hackers out there. How do you handle playing with better players? What psychological strategy? Or do you just not play? Which has been my theory in the past. So we'll talk a little golf here. PGA and uh, all the way down to the complete hackers like myself. 888-463-6748. The phone number again, 888-463-6748. David, you'll be happy to know I did bring out the uh, baseball bat. And the floor hockey uh, uh, stick. Did not use the floor hockey stick. My putting was not bad yesterday. Not bad. But I did bring out the baseball bat. And quite frankly, I should have brought it out a lot earlier. That was pretty good with the bat. I have my old white 
softball uh, softball bat. Got it about 150 yards. No no slice or no hooks. Yeah, I can drive that baby right down to fairway. It was a beautiful thing. And this is a, not a fancy golf club, but uh, you know, to me, anything more than you know, a par three or mini golf is considered fancy. So what? And Joel didn't have any golf clubs, so I'm out of my car. I'm carrying two sets of clubs because I was giving Joel my uh, son sets of clubs. But I was met by a greeter in front of the clubhouse. Now I'm used to carrying my clubs. I, I rarely, rarely take a card. I like the exercise. And believe me, with where I hit the balls, all the way left, all the way right, I get a lot of exercise. If nothing else, but uh, so they met me. Are you part of the golf outing? Very fancy, well dressed up in their navy blue and white Poplar Creek golf course shirts. The uh, employees of the golf course, very nice. They took my clubs and then they, uh, you know, told me exactly where you're going to find them on the cart, what hole you're starting on. Very professionally done. But I saw the guy about three or four holes into it. He flagged me down the uh, the ranger, if you will, and he said, "Are you the guy?" With the bat and the floor hockey stick in your golf clubs. Because <laughs> apparently when they're loading up the clubs, he saw my <laughs> golf bag. And right away, I'm sure he had a deet, 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 trouble. Trouble on hole number three. Let's keep an eye on these guys. I Probably in the years he's been putting golf clubs on carts. I don't know how many times he's seen the baseball bat and the floor hockey stick. I got a kick out of the fact he actually saw it before it. I didn't cause any trouble. I was all cool. All cool. Except for the golf. Oh, and the golf carts, too. The golf carts today. The electronic version, very, very impressive. First of all, in the cart, they got the screen. Everything's technology now. Again, golfers, bad golfers in particular. You want to talk a little golf here? 888-463-6748. We're going to get to bad baseball, too. White Sox and Cubs both lose yesterday. We got the Hall of Fame basketball to talk about. Exhibition football. Woo! Exhibition football. Wow, we had a couple games yesterday. Bears taking on San Diego. Anybody excited about exhibition football? I'm excited about football. Don't get me wrong. Very excited about the oncoming of the football season. High school, college, pro. Can't wait to get my first college football magazine. One of the highlights of the season. Find out who your top 10, top 20 teams are. Your preseason All-Americans. The early chase for the Heisman Trophy. Nothing like a magazine coming out in August with the early chase for the Heisman Trophy. So we'll talk some football. Exhibition football not excited about, but uh, we'll see. Bears got a game against San Diego on Saturday. We'll talk a little football and more. 888-463-6748. Email at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C and the number two. Mike2Guys at AOL.com. But the golf carts, I don't know. David, are you a uh, golfer at all? No. No, I didn't have the patience for it. I gave it up okay. 10 or 15 years okay. ago. So I'm it's similar to me. Just not good at yeah, it. Yeah, it just yeah, it was, it was just too frustrating to me. Yeah. There's no way I could go out there relax and enjoy myself. Yeah. <laughs> so why bother? It's expensive, takes a ton of time, and if you're not good at it, not all that enjoyable. No, no, and you know, and uh, my previous home, I lived right down the street from a nine-hole course, mm-hmm. and so you know, one day I'm just like, yeah, I'll go out and golf nine holes. And it was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that again. Sounded like a good idea at yeah. the time. Sounded huh? like a good idea at the time. So. Pa- a par three course? Yeah. See, those yeah. aren't too bad. Not too bad. It's just slightly less money, slightly less aggravation, and slightly less time. I didn't say it's fun. It's just a little bit less than the, you know, you go 18 holes, everything else is exasperated. Are you the kind that did you... Uh, 
get into a little uh, throwing of the club, possibly a little profane language in front of eight-year-old kids, or do you control? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 profane language, no throwing of the club. <laughs> but yeah, I did. I just got too frustrated. Yeah. But you did. You didn't throw a club, but you did throw a little profanity, huh? Exactly. Yeah, I could yeah, hit it a ton, but I couldn't hit it straight. Ah, you and Big Dog would have a good time. All right, you don't wear sandals when you go out in the golf course, though. Gym shoes. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, I love wearing the gym shoes. Anytime I'm with some guys that take golf just a little bit too serious, like Big John, our radio producer, I almost revel. Revel on the opportunity to do weird things and completely throw them off. It's the same thing in tennis. I got flagged into playing a little uh, couples mixer tennis, which I've tried avoiding for the last four or five years. Finally, Couple of days ago, open date on the calendar, a little sympathy for the wife. I had to do it in her honor. I, I enjoy playing tennis, but I don't need the couple's mixer tennis. But anyhow, so we're playing our first match, doubles match, and I hate doubles to begin with. To me, doubles is a pretty much a waste of time. If you want to go out and play tennis and get some exercise and have some rallies, play singles. Doubles tennis might be the most overrated sporting activity there is. You rarely have more than two or three volleys because you always got some Yahoo poaching at the net. It's serve, hit, boom, point. Serve, hit, boom, point. Very little extra. Occasionally. Occasionally you'll get a good rally. I'm not talking to the professional level. I'm talking about the uh, average tennis player, the slightly below average tennis player, the slightly above average tennis player. Doubles a waste of time. I don't understand why so many people like it. Zero exercise. There's no cardiovascular at all. And to me, the excitement of tennis is when you get a rally going. A back and a forth, a little bit of strategy. Doubles, I don't know what the per rally, per serve ratio is, but it's got to be around two. Because you can play the net. But anyhow, so we're playing this guy who definitely, a nice guy, nice guy, but you could tell by his dress and his demeanor and his style of play, he took tennis way too serious. And he's about the same talent as me. We just have different styles. And he was hitting every ball perfectly in perfect form and everything. So, uh, again, I revel. I revel in throwing guys like that off. So I would completely and totally messed up my wife, too. But uh, you know how doubles, when one person's serving, the other person's supposed to be up at the net. There's a particular etiquette. When the other team is serving, you know, you're supposed to stand in a certain line. You rush net after your serve. I would completely go almost opposite. My wife's serving, I'm standing back on the back row. I like ground strokes better than play. I'm not any good at net. Just because the tennis etiquette, the tennis strategy says you got to be up at that. If you're not a good net player and you're good at ground strokes, God forbid you actually break the etiquette, break the tradition of tennis. Yeah. And then sometimes, just to mess up uh, the guy I was playing against, I would start up in the traditional position. And then as my wife gets into the, tosses the ball up for the serve, I'll sprint back. Or I'll stand back, and then as the serve comes, I will charge the net. Not my serve, but my wife's serve, or my partner's serve. Just to totally do things outside the box, throw them off a little bit, and get them outside of their comfort zone, add a little spice, add a little vinegar, add a little excitement to the game of doubles tennis. I don't think the three other people I was playing with, including my wife, appreciated it, but that's my way of uh, mixing it up a little bit. At any rate, on the golf course... I enjoy doing the same thing, but uh, I started to say the golf carts. Very, very cool. Now, not so much the way they ride. They still ride the way they did 10 years ago, but the uh, computerized 
inside the car. Very, very cool. They got the screen there. You can keep track. There was, I don't know, what, 50, 60 people. So um, 13, 14 different foursomes. You could keep track of the scores of all different, of the uh, 13 or 14 different foursomes. You had your little pencil scorecard, but you also had your computer scorecard on the golf cart. How cool is that? It also told you how many yards away you are. And you program in your score. Now, it didn't quite tell you exactly what club to use, although there probably was a button I could have pushed for that. But how cool is that? You can keep track of the other 13 or 14 teams as you're cruising around on the course. tells you exactly how many yards you are away. Also tells you, by the way, if you're in an out-of-bounds zone, which uh, happened to us more than a few times. Beep, beep, beep. You are off the grounds of the golf course. Beep, beep. Eh, that happens sometimes. Went to a 7-Eleven one time in the golf court, and uh, the automated cart did not exactly appreciate that, although it did ask for a slurping. Grape flavor, medium size. 888-463-6748, the phone number, two guys at a MikeTalkZone.com. That golf outing, uh, thankfully, thankfully is over, but the PGA Golf will uh, start day number two of their championship round, Whistling Straits Golf Club up in beautiful Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Again, Tiger Woods, and we talked about it, uh, only three strokes out, not too bad. Not too bad for Tiger, Bubba Watson, and Francisco Molinera. There's always one. There's always that golfer after day one of a major. And I don't I don't know Francisco Molinera. He's probably a very, very nice guy. Dedicated golfer. But the fact that he's leading after day one and we've never heard of the guy before does not bode well for Francisco Molinera or any members of the Francisco Molinera family. We may never hear from this guy again. (laughs) I hope not. But it is possible. He's tied with Bubba Watson. They both shot 68. It's apparently a dense fog. Insert your own punchline. Apparently a dense fog up in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, which is only, what, a couple hours from here? Not that far, two, three hours? Yeah, two or three hours. Kind of weird because here it was uh, hot and sunny. I guess you could call it steamy, but there was no hint of fog. But uh, a dense fog delayed the play like two, three hours, so the players had to kill some time in the clubhouse. But um, Well, it's very wooded up there and, okay. a lot, and in a lot of lakes. So you get the heat and the moisture, and there's your fog. Ladies and gentlemen, talk zone, weatherman, and humidifier, David Olson checking in live from Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Thank you. But, yeah, but it's always kind of gray when you go up in that area. Gray? Gray. Like gray, like overcast. Okay. Because you know, uh, all the extra moisture. Because uh, we made the trip last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. So, and right. stopped off in Sheboygan. All right. Actually, dense fog uh, might help my golf game. Because I, lo- I must have lost like nine or ten golf balls. No exaggeration. Now, me and Joel combined... We set the over and under at the start about eight, and I think we hit a dozen. We almost had to stop playing. We almost had to come in early because we ran out of golf balls. I mean, the situation was getting critical. Thank God there were no water holes the last two holes. Because we were down between the two of us. I think we had one golf ball left at the very end. So dense fog might be a good thing for me. It was not good for the PGA golfers yesterday, though, as they had to uh, be delayed two or three hours. Some of the guys only got half around it. So we are still early in this uh, major tournament, but certainly Tiger in the hunt after day one. Bubba Watson shooting a very nice 68. Ernie Els. Everybody predicting the comeback of Ernie Els. Maybe this will be the tournament that does it. Ernie, I think, got two back shooting a 70. Matt Kuchar, solid young golfer. Remember when he made his uh, 
name in the PGA scene as an amateur. In one of the major tournaments, he almost won the gosh darn thing, but uh, Matt Kuchar shooting a seven. He's only a couple strokes back, so we'll watch uh, the PGA golf, see how that goes. Hopefully the dense fog uh, will not be up there today. Maybe the dense fog will work its way into Chicago. Chicago politics has probably been hit by dense fog more often than not. Speaking of Chicago politics, the Rob Blagojevich trial, uh, David Olson, real quick, we'll take a quick, quick break, come back with some baseball talk here, but on a political front, it's not a hung jury, it is a, sounds like a confused jury. That's exactly what I was going to say. They are in agreement on two counts, disagreement on 11, and then there are 11 they haven't even started talking about yet. Mm -hmm. Now, the part that confuses me, though, I thought if you're in, I'm assuming, Disagreement means they can't get all 12 people to unanimously. So I thought. Correct. It's if, a hung jury. All right, well, I thought if that's the case, the guy then gets off as, is, is innocent. Don't all 12 people have to convict you? Yeah, but you look at the number of counts that they're, uh, that they're looking at. I mean, um, if he's found guilty of two or three, and then innocent of the other 25, mm-hmm. I mean, he might not necessarily go free. No, he so. won't. He won't if he's found guilty. But a lot of people are assuming that they, maybe the first couple of counts that they've agreed on are ones that he's not guilty. And then if it's a hung jury for the rest of them. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it possibly is a slight positive in the way of Rob Bogoyevich. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. What looked uh, what looked to be uh, a slam dunk is just rattling around the rim. Mm-hmm. And if it all falls apart, I mean, maybe they should have waited until the money changed hands instead of jumping on him as soon as they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they don't have any hard, hard, hard evidence. Well, well, yeah. The one thing was, you know, him saying, "Okay, you know, I'll get give you the Senate seat if you give my wife these two board positions." Yes. Yeah. That, I mean, if that exchange had taken place, he's convicted. But since they were just talking about it, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just talk at that point. I mean, that's conspiracy to commit a crime, but it's not an actual crime. Yeah, United States Attorney Pat Fitzgerald, he is amongst the best of the best, does not make many mistakes. Possible. Possibly, in this case, they made a mistake. Maybe they couldn't have got any more. I don't know why they... Didn't continue on and waited for some more hard evidence. Exactly. Or or call him to the stand. Or call him to the stand. I don't know. They thought he was going to call himself to the stand. And then they threw him a curveball. All right. And if you're in the state of Illinois, you know well what we're talking about. Nationally, it's a story. Not much of a story, though. The Rob Lagojevich, ex-governor of Illinois, being uh, tried here in the fine state of Illinois. A guy, by the way, who whatever you say about his politics, and most of it's negative, guy is a huge Cubs fan and a very... Very knowledgeable baseball fan. So how bad is it for Ron Blagojevich where, one, you got to go through this whole trial where you're completely embarrassed. Even if you get off, you're, you're basically getting off because your defense lawyers have called you a complete idiot and you didn't know what was going around you. That's your best case scenario. And on top of all that, the team that he so dearly supports and is so avidly involved with the Chicago Cubs, having one of their worst seasons ever. And, David, when you say the Cubs are having one of their worst seasons ever, there's a lot of competition in that area. Not good. We'll take a quick, quick break, talk some baseball, exhibition football. We'll get off the sports page, too. Big Dog sleeping in today. Much deserved. He's been working way too hard. Phone lines are open. You can play co-host. 888-463-6748. Two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com. Don't go anywhere. Back in about 48 seconds.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Not mine if you're watching on the webcast, definitely. Definitely not mine, but uh, left on the table here, the Pro Football Fantasy Football Guide for 2010. Now, I know we have a show on fantasy football here on the TalkZone.com, right? We do not? We do not, no. Huh. Okay, well, then I don't have to watch what I say because uh, I don't get it would be my comment number one on fantasy football. I know this is a huge time of year for the fantasy players, and we got any fantasy football fans out there who want to uh, take issue or just uh, try to convince me why I should do it. I know there's a lot more people uh, for it than in people like my position that really don't understand it and couldn't care much about it, but... Yes, David. Well, it just brings a whole new interest level to the game. I guess. Kind of a weird interest level, though. It's, it... Well, I mean, it, 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 a lot of people are into it. I mean, so much so. Well, I'm that, not denying that. There's you know, a ton of people into it. I... It's just, it's just at what level is the interest? I mean, fantasy sports, uh, football is the, the pinnacle of it, but certainly basketball, baseball, it's delving into. Other sports, fantasy table tennis, by the way, very popular if you haven't tried that. 888-463-6748 if you're a fantasy player. But it's just, it just seems weird to me. It is odd. It almost, to me, takes away from the watching of the game, the purity of the competition. I'm trying to root a particular team on, and I'm more worried about if this player is doing good or if that player is doing good or the scores of other games. So it does right, add right, interest. Right. Yeah, I, I really want the Bears to win. However, I hope the opposing quarterback throws, yeah. you know, four touchdowns against him because he's he's starting for me this week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. That's why I, I kind of gave you that look when you said it. It does add interest. I'm just not kind of uh, sure it's the good kind. Here's how popular it is now. Unfortunately, we do not have that kind of level of advertising on our show. But on a couple of the bigger radio sports shows in the Chicago area. There are now ads. I've heard more than one or two. Well, first of all, there's tons of ads for fantasy football leagues. That's been going on for four or five years. There's now companies, two different ones that I've heard in the last couple of days, that are advertising to the commissioners of leagues for pay collection. Here's an easier way to collect your fund. No more trying to collect from players at the end of the season. No more unpaid bills at the end of the year. Sign up for so-and-so. Having trouble paying the championship team, you won't have trouble. I have, I have not heard those ads. Yeah. You've got to be kidding me. So really. there are companies, websites, what, however they're doing, that are that are reaching out to the commissioners of these leagues for easy pay programs so they don't get burned by their... Uh-huh. Oh, they're, no, they're, they're arm-breaking collection agencies. I don't know if they are. So that's what it sounds like to me. Uh, it sounds to me like someone put a computer program together and that they're realizing how big fantasy sports are. And through this program, you know, I mean, it costs money to advertise. So, you know, put two and two together. And next time, uh, next, uh, last time I checked, it equals four. Most likely these companies are uh, for profit and somehow going to make money off it. Sounds like a collection agency. Interesting. It, 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 sounds, okay. it, it, it sounds like a collection agency. Maybe my naivety is showing through. So through all the nice words about this it, could be. It, it sounds like a collection agency. This could be Bruno and uh, Andrean in the back room talking up. Interesting. That's a different aspect. 
There are, there are a lot of them out there, and you know okay. all the all these credit card companies and everything going out of business. You know they got to make their money. The collectors got to make their money somehow. <laughs> Fantasy Sports Collection Agency. Hey, yeah. you have not trouble collecting. I did that. I worked I worked for a collection agency. You did. And it, worst job I ever had. What were you, the front office secretary? No, I would make calls. I'd be the guy. I'd be the. I'd be the guy on the phone. Where's my money? Okay. Where's my money? Where's yeah. my money? That was. And it was for. Uh, it was for a medical insurance company. Mm-hmm. So you got all these you know, all these people that you know. Most of them, uh, the person that was under care had died. So you're going after their family for their unpaid medical bills. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. Did you make strictly phone calls, or did you occasionally knock on the door and make a friendly house call? It was strictly phone calls. Okay. It was strictly phone calls. Okay. And, it, you know, but if people got unruly or went unreasonable, I could, like, destroy their credit with a keystroke on a computer. And that's what you would tell them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd say, well, you, you know, you, you know, your person, you or this person's estate owes mm-hmm. X amount in medical fees. We can set up an easy payment plan. For you, send you envelopes. Can you do five dollars a month? Yeah. Uh, do it that way. And tough they, job. Know, yeah, and, yeah that's and a tough like, job. No, I don't have that kind of money. Or mm-hmm. you know, he's dead, and I can't do this. And blah 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 blah. Yeah. You know. Did you have sympathy for the people you were dealing with? You couldn't. You couldn't. I you couldn't show that because that I mean that wasn't right. part of the job. Oof, that's a tough job. Yeah, it was. That's it was a brutal. tough job. You do that eight hours a day. You're not coming home with a real a smile on your face. You're not feeling real good about yourself or probably uh, the rest of society. That's rough. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was, uh, it was brutal because it was right after I got out of college. Mm-hmm. So I'd be I'd be board hopping in the morning at uh, ESPN 1000. I'd do this from about 2 to 6, and then I'd drive out to Northbrook and cut tape at uh, SRN, which became one-on-one sports, until about midnight. And I do that four days a week, working three jobs. Working, yeah, work, working, working three jobs, mm-hmm. uh, eighteen hours a day. There it is, folks. Young kids out there, you're wondering how you get ahead in the world. You're wondering how you move up to a position like producer for the two guys at a mic show. Work hard. That's dedication. Eighteen hours a day, three different jobs, including a collection agency, which sounds like those phone calls, one after another, after another, one of the more painful experiences you could get. Rather have my tooth pulled without. Sans Novocaine. Actually, no, I wouldn't. I'd rather make the phone calls than have my tooth pulled without Novocaine. All right, well, anyhow, fan, if we have any fantasy sports fans out there, you want to help educate me a little bit, um, give me a little selling point on why we should play fantasy sports. I've never gotten into it. Never my thing. I love the sports, but don't need to have the uh, fantasy sports and picking my team and all that good stuff. 888-463-6740. I'm willing to be swayed, though. I don't have a completely open mind, but I, there's a little crack there. If you want to try to get a little uh, vice and open that crack up a little bit and let, help me see the light. Not completely closed to the idea. Again, 888-463-6748. There it is, your fan. I thought we had a show on this in Talks on Tech, so I was going to be careful how I said that. I want to criticize it too much. I'm not going to criticize anybody. It's a healthy. Well, we do have Pro Football Weekly, and once the season gets started, they uh-huh. do do a couple of weekly segments on fantasy. As a matter of fact, I think that's Pro Football Weekly's fantasy guide there in front of mm-hmm. you. Okay. They left it here? I might confiscate it for them. They might never see that baby again. You're welcome to it, sir. Thank you very much, our beloved Chicago Bears. Speaking of football, exhibition game number one on Saturday with a couple games yesterday. Saints taking on the 
Patriots, couple of powerhouse NFL teams. We had the uh, Carolina Panthers, Baltimore Ravens playing. Who really cares who won or lost those games? I think the Ravens beat the Panthers. I'm not sure. I think the Saints knocked off the uh, Patriots. Uh, Jimmy Clausen, the golden boy out of Notre Dame. He was a quarterback and at least for a time against uh, for Carolina. I think he threw for 80 yards, hit about 50% of his passes. Uh, as unlikable as Jimmy Clausen is, and when he came out of high school, he took cocky to a new level. When he was recruited at Notre Dame, I think he got humbled just a bit over those, what was he there, three years or four? I think he left a year early. Over the three years he was at Notre Dame, got humbled more than just a little bit, probably a little bit better guy now than he was three years ago. But uh, if he can get his teammates behind him, Jimmy Clausen, as much as I don't like him, I think he's going to be a heck of an NFL quarterback because the kid can throw the ball. Excellent, excellent passer. Who can forget his first season at Notre Dame when he came in as one of the most celebrated high school quarterbacks ever, the golden boy going to Notre Dame. And they had Charlie Weiss as the coach who, when he came to Notre Dame, we kind of liked him. We thought this is kind of cool. The offensive coordinator of the Patriots then, as the rest of the nation, started to find out about the attitude of Charlie Weiss. We went from uh, very excited about him in about three, four-year period of time. 92.378% of the people actually hated the guy. I was part of that, by the way. I started rooting against Notre Dame, but it was actually fun. I enjoyed watching Notre Dame football, Charlie Weiss's first year, just to see him get absolutely smothered and Jimmy Clausen, the golden boy. If you remember back to that first year, no offensive line. I mean, he absolutely got obliterated. And I still remember some of the best, some of the best TV camera pictures that year, and they stopped doing it after a while, were Jimmy Clausen's parents up in the stands. Who were the typical, it seemed like, a little bit overzealous parents who had groomed their boy to be the golden boys. A little jealousy showing through from the coach here. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it is. But they were there, you know, the, the mom and dad. And I'm sure throughout his grade school career, he was the star. And his junior high career, he was the star. He went to a very competitive high school out in California and became the high school star, national star, articles about him. Uh, interviews with them on TV, and everything's going his way. And then you saw that first year at Notre Dame, and they sent him, I'm sure, there part in part because Charlie Weiss was a genius. And you'd watch in the first two, three, four games where Jimmy Clausen was just terrible. And on top of that, getting completely hammered. And the pictures of the parents on how the smiles slowly but very, very surely got wiped off their faces as the games went on. Sounds almost inhumane to say I enjoyed it, but I have to admit I took some pleasure. Wiped the smiles off their face, that's for sure. Brought the golden boy back down to earth. Having said that, I think he's going to be a pretty good quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Whether he starts, I think they got a kid named Matt Moore who might start this year, but eventually I think Jimmy Clausen will be the guy. Chicago Bears, the Bear fans, if you're listening in out of the Chicago area, love to hear from you guys out there. 888-463-6748, opening game at San Diego. I don't know, we'll see the starters for maybe a half, but it's uh, going to be interesting. Brand new defensive coordinator. I don't think the defensive scheme is going to be a lot different. But Rod Marinelli will be calling the plays. Hopefully, I'm hoping, that Rod Marinelli will not become the Greg Landry to Lovey Smith's Mike Ditka. Because you remember Mike Ditka hired Greg Landry back in the day, ex-quarterback, to take over the offense. Greg Landry would call the plays when Mike Ditka was used to calling the plays, and then every time things would start going awry, Mike Ditka would go over to Greg Landry, rip the clipboard away from him, and start calling the play. Totally embarrassed Greg Landry. I hope Lovey Smith 
who's a defensive guy does not do that to Rod Marinelli. Are you talking Rod Marinelli calling the defense or referring to Mike Martz running the offense? No, no, no. I'm, I was speaking defense right now. Okay. All right. Now yeah, well, he's Stanley, yeah. so I, okay. Yeah. Because Lovey Smith, I, you know, I think Lovey's smart enough to not call the offensive plays. In fact, what the problem is Lovey's not smart enough to realize who's a good offensive coordinator and who's not. We talk, I don't want to rub Ron Turner into the ground, but we've had a incompetent offensive coordinator for the last three or four years. That's, that's on Lovey. And that's on Jerry Angel. He should have been gone a long time ago. Again, nothing personal against Ron Turner, but he should have. Now we got at least a professional O coordinator. Absolutely. And Lovey's surrounded by ex head coaches, yes. too. So puts a little bit more pressure on him, too. I mean, pressure on Lovey? Well, there's obviously pressure on Lovey. There's obviously pressure on yeah. Lovey. I mean, they. Supposedly, you know, they went out and they you know made a big splash in free agency, brought in some name coordinators. I mean, you know, Rod and Marinelli doesn't have that good of a name, mind you, but Mike Martz does, has an offensive coordinator. I mean, a lot of people were calling for Lovey's head at the end of last season. If they don't do something this year, uh-huh. they got a clean house. It's a large head, by the way. Be careful what you call for, because if you call for it and you have to put that thing in your house, that's a big melon that Lovey's got. Nice melon. Good-looking guy. You could, don't you want to just sometimes just rub your hand over Lovey's head? No, not really. But, I get that on occasion, yeah. maybe in the circular motion. But that's a big melon. But I'll disagree with you a little bit, and your point is well taken. But uh, Rod Marinelli, I think he's got a pretty good reputation. I know last year his defensive line did not perform well, and I also know the disaster he had out in Detroit as the head coach. That is what I am referring to. Yeah, but they, I, they, they could kind of taint anybody's reputation. It would. No question about it, but you talk to defensive guys in the NFL, his reputation is uh, is right at the top. I mean, they love this guy. No, and I, I, will, I will give you that point, yeah. you know, because uh, as Lovey Smith demonstrates, a uh, good coordinator does not a great head coach make. Yes, well put. Very, very well put. Some guys get promoted to their point of incompetence. I believe they call that in business the Peter Principle. That has not hit yet to me and Joel. We're hoping to move up to that level. That's one of my goals. I hope to be at some point promoted to my level of incompetence. Hopefully I haven't hit that yet. Many would argue. (laughs) Many would argue that. But uh, we will see. I think the best thing Lovey Smith can do this year, Chicago Bear fans, again, you want to talk a little football outside the city of Chicago or inside. Either way, we'll talk a little NFL football. Not ready for the college football talk yet, but soon. Very, very soon. 888 Four six three sixty seven forty eight. Best thing Lovey Smith can do is just stay out of the way this year. Let the coaches coach. And I think, uh, sadly, Lovey's very good at that, staying out of the way. You watch him on the sidelines during a football game; it's unbelievable. I've never seen a head coach stay out of the way better than Lovey Smith. To his credit, he'll make some pretty good decisions on third or fourth downs. I shouldn't say third down on fourth downs, whether to punt or go for it. That's actually one area where uh, I think Lovey's been pretty good. I think he makes fairly decent decisions, uh, unlike the common thought play, uh, common thought processes. He's not that conservative. He'll take some gambles. I haven't had problems with that. Beyond that, I think I've got a problem with the rest of his coaching. The one thing I don't want to see from this team this year is on third down, the lateral pass oh. two yards behind the line of scrimmage. All right, how about this? Uh, if it's... That's been in the playbook since John Shoup, and it never works. Yes. And yet, 
every game you see it at least once, and it's like throw it downfield. That's all we want. Yeah, I could throw not, it downfield. Could not agree with you more. At times, I've actually me and my son watching the game will get aggravated. We're like pointing at the TV this way. We need to throw the ball this direction down I'm, I'm the field. I'm with you. I am. Oh, it's a simple concept, but you watch. Thought, and you thought you were going to get that last year with Cutler, and it was like, oh. But, but yeah, we were you were around for the last half of the football season. Yeah. I think I don't put all last season on Cutler. I put a lot of it on his receivers because they dropped a lot of passes. I mean, I would not. I mean, I'm not saying he's blameless, but hands mm-hmm. of stone out there in some situations. It wasn't good, particularly Devin Hester and Greg Olson and Rashid Davis dropped a bunch yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good. No question about it. Jay Cutler was not good either. I don't think it's neither or. Both were subpar. Who was more subpar? You could argue that to the day is uh, day is over. I think it kind of crisscrossed. It was the receivers at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then it was Cutler at the end of the season. Well, I'll still never forget the first uh, game, Monday Night Football, right? Or was it Sunday night? Opening game against the Green Bay Packers, right? Jay Cutler era in Chicago. We're all excited, fired up. It's going to be a new offense. We got the gunslinger in town, Jay Cutler. And he proceeded. It's almost like the Cubs opening game this year. We all got excited. Carlos Zambrano on the mound, brand new ownership, and they lose 12 to 1. And Jay Cutler proceeded to throw what? Three, four interceptions that game? He was terrible. We're all like, you got to be kidding. And unfortunately, it was not one and done. It was a bunch of bad games for Jay Cutler. Your point well taken though, David Olson, the receivers, did not help him out uh, a lot. And on third down, not just the two yards backwards pass. Because they'll throw that pass on any down. What bothered me is on third and 15, they'll throw for nine yards. Or on third and 11, they'll throw for six yards. Whatever the third down mark is, throw the pass beyond that mark. If it's incomplete, it's incomplete. But if they catch it, it's a first down. That's all we're asking for. I think Mike Martz will do that. Should be interesting to see. They tee it off uh, at San Diego on Sunday. I'm sure we'll not be able to see much. We'll see our retooled offensive line. The Lance Lewis era about to begin in Chicago. Woohoo! Lance Lewis, free agent pickup, going to start up apparently a right guard, moving Roberto Garza over to the left guard position of the two of them. Will be sandwiched in between. Olin, don't call me Ali Krutz. For the Bears offensive line, they got the young rookie Chris Williams at the left tackle. So we'll see how that offensive line does. Frank Omie. I think we finally got his pronunciation down. He'll be the right tackle. But that Bears offensive line, a lot of people are going to be looking at that. That's the key one. You root for a particular football team out there, what's the one unit? For the Bears, it's going to be the offensive line in exhibition game number one. What is everybody looking at? What one particular unit? You know, in Dallas, is it the defensive line? In New Orleans, is it the linebackers? Whatever city you're listening to, what's the key unit to watch? First game or two of the season, 888-463-674. We're going to take a quick break. We'll talk some more football, and we got to bring up baseball here, too, as the White Sox lose a tough one to the Minnesota Twins yesterday. A couple of great comebacks. Great comeback. Ninth-inning thrillers yesterday. A couple of your top closers in all of baseball did not get it done yesterday. Got shelled. We'll talk about that. And some baseball when we come back. It's TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic. Coach flying solo today. And I'm trying to check out my instrument panels, and I really can't read anything. We might crash before the end of this show.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. David Olson, uh, producer extraordinaire, also our TV media specialist. Did I read correctly? I hope I'm wrong. But did I read correctly in uh, some of the local tidbits and news and notes and television that Judge Judy, now the highest paid TV star at $45 million a year? I did not see that tidbit, okay. but it wouldn't surprise me. $45 million. Judge Judy. Who was the first TV judge? It wasn't her. It was Judge Wapner, wasn't it? Or there is there go. somebody before that? John Wapner? Judge Wapner. I think he might yeah, have yeah, been. Yeah, it was a people's court. Yeah, and he was the guy. Yeah. There you go, the people's yeah. court. And then Judge Judy was like the, that second level. But boy, she stood the test of time. Don't watch it often. Occasionally, I'll be on the treadmill at a fitness center and they'll have it on. That's when I will watch it. I'll also uh, catch up. Uh, What's Howie Mandel's show? Um, deal how to, or no how to deal? Be, huh? Yeah, deal or no deal. Yeah. I didn't even know that was still on. Oh, yeah, still on. And I would argue to all the fitness treadmill elliptical machine people out there, there is no better show to watch when you're an elliptical machine than deal or no deal with Howie Mandel. They might as well have made that show. You're huffing and puffing. You're 40 minutes into your routine. you got 10, 15 minutes left. you got the uphill grind going on the uh, on the elliptical. Maybe on the treadmill. That's the best TV show I argue out there. How's that for a daily quandary? Best TV shows to watch when you're in the final 15 minute of a workout in a fitness fitness uh, on a machine or at a fitness center. Deal or no deal, I've found to be absolutely mesmerizing. It keeps your mind. You watch the insanity and the nameness in the bald head of a um, Howie Mandela. It takes the mind off the pain you're in. It's a beautiful thing. Second best in that rankings, by the way. These are shows I would never watch if I wasn't on the treadmill, and that is the the Biggest Loser. Great show, great show to watch while you're working out. It's entertaining, and it obviously has the fitness level connection. It's a beautiful thing. Maybe you work out, and there's a uh, show that you get hooked on, and it takes your mind off the pain. If you want to check in on our daily quandary, you got about uh, ten minutes to do so. Eight eight eight. Four six three sixty seven forty eight. But Judge Judy, forty five million. Wow, she's good. By the way, the few times I don't watch often, but the few times that I've watched her, Judge Judy, pretty good. Forty five million, good. I don't know. Boy, did she make a nice career move. Wonder how that happened. I'm sure. I'm assuming she was an actual judge, and I don't know how the TV recruiters picked her, but whoever nabbed her and her decision to go that way. It's probably been, what, about 10, 12 years she's been on the air? 10, 12 years later, $45 million a year for Judge Judy. David Olson's checking out. Maybe I maybe I read it wrong. Maybe it was 4.5. That's what, it's what I'm looking at. No, 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 no. It's, uh, yeah, she did, makes $45 million a year. Wow. Which is more than David Letterman and Jay Leno. It's unbelievable. How do I, more than Leno? More than Letterman? Is that show watched that much? It's the highest rated program in syndication. Better ratings really? than Oprah. Syndication, there's the key. Yes. Better rated than Oprah. Better ratings than Oprah. Wow. Yeah. See if we can get Judge Judy on the air. Cancel the Scottie Pippen interview for tomorrow. Cancel the Bob Costas interview. I don't want to talk to Alex Rodriguez. See if he's available Tuesday next week. Judge Judy. That's the guy I want to talk to. That's the guy. That's the girl I want to talk to. Judge Judy. Forty five million a year. Very nice. All right. 
Any other Judge Judy info before we move on? I, I can keep looking. Google's a wonderful thing. I, I was just I, I thought focusing maybe. on the salary. But, yeah, you know, I, I did see this uh, article the other day, and I just kind of glossed over the Judge Judy thing, didn't even catch that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, my God, you know, it's <laughs> seriously. Maybe this show should go. Is syndication is that profitable, David? Any thought mm-hmm. we can have of syndicating this show? I don't know what it involves, but I'd love to syndicate. To syndicate or not to syndicate? <laughs> that is the question based on Judge Judy getting $45 million. Huh? I think we answered the, the uh, question. Let's syndicate. Can we still syndicate and be on the talk zone? Absolutely. You can All do right. both. Because I told you, I'm not going anywhere. I've, we get a high-priced offer, me and Joel, to go elsewhere. We are turning it down unless producer extraordinaire David Olson comes with us. Now, if they offer us over 25000 a year, then the comment would be, David who? Exactly. Yeah, but under 20, it's uh, no deal unless you come with us. All right. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Baseball action yesterday. Let's quickly get the Cubs out of the way. Sadly, my favorite team have become a nondescript footnote for the rest of the season, but the Giants knock them off 8-7. to seven. Not nondescript for San Francisco, by the way. That was a big win for them. A couple of big wins. Everybody gets big wins against the Cubs, but uh, San Francisco right in the heart of that National League Western Division race, Pat Burrell. Didn't even know he was a San Francisco Giant. Guy's been on a few teams. Pretty good hitter. Couple of home runs yesterday, including a grand slam. Pat Burrell, your hitting star yesterday. Frisco wins it 8-7. Cubs actually fought back, tied it up, got a run in the eighth inning. But then uh, a ninth inning, Andrew Kashner pitching. And what was it, about six weeks ago, Andrew Kashner was the rising star of the young Cub pitching court. He was getting people out with regularity at AAA. His first couple outings in the major leagues, he looked awful good. Andrew Kashner put his name right next to Starlin Castro, and Tyler Colvin is one of the Cub future stars. That was six weeks ago. Six weeks later, Andrew Kashner looks like he's gone 14 rounds with a young Muhammad Ali. Guy looks like he's beaten and bruised and battered. Not good yesterday as he gave up the game-winning hit. In the ninth inning, Andres Torres... And the Giants do win. Lou Piniela is back with the uh, ball club after a bereavement leave. Take on the Cardinals. Normally, Cubs and Cardinals is a pretty special weekend. It still is. But, boy, not nearly as much as usual. Not nearly as much. Game is at St. Louis. Cub-Cardinal, one of the great rivalries in baseball. But, unfortunately, this year, not that many people in the Chicago area watching as the Cubs have become a dead story. One uh, note. Uh, shortstop, Starlin Castro. Had another big uh, game, four hits. Now, he made a fielding error, which is becoming a little bit of a constant with him. But uh, had a couple of hits two days ago. I think he had four hits yesterday. Guy's batting well over 300. Starlin Castro. Awfully good. And you watch him field. And you know what? You can almost handle the fielding errors because you know, as a barely 20-something, he's going to get better. He's going to get better in the area of consistency. But right now, he can make the spectacular play. So he is clearly, he and Tyler Coven have been uh, shining lights for the Chicago Cubs season. Bigger game, bigger game was uh, at home here in the fine city of Chicago. White Sox took on Minnesota, rubber game of that particular match. Teams battling for first place did not go well for the White Sox. Twins win at 6-1, to one. pretty tight ball game. Gavin Floyd and not having his best stuff, but he pitched decent. He kept fighting, pretty tight game up until the seventh inning. Jason Kubal then knocks a grand slam homer off an O and two pitch from Gavin Floyd. Ouch. Ouch. O two pitch. Hmm. One of those babies you'd like to have back. Ozzie Guillen had just come out to the mound to talk to uh, 
Gavin Floyd also threw 125 pitches. Ozzie makes the decision to keep him in, and uh, Gavin Floyd gives up the home run. Three-run blast to Jason Coble. That, for all intents and purposes, was the ball game. There's the Twins knock off the White Sox. No rust for the weary White Sox back in action against the Detroit Tigers uh, today. That game will be at home. I think it's Jeremy Bonderman going up against Mark Burley, a couple of American League veterans. So no reason to panic, but uh, the White Sox have lost. Have lost five of their last six to the Minnesota Twins. They definitely have... Um, if not, if not psychological, a real jinx with the Minnesota Twins. They got that barrier that uh, they just can't seem to get over. And part of it is because the Minnesota Twins are a damn good team. Forget about the psychology. Minnesota just plays good baseball, particularly against the White Sox. But there is a little bit, a little bit of that psychological aspect of it too, which we know is so big in sports. Real quick before we wind up the show, a couple of other games of note. Uh, we talked about some big comebacks and two. Top closers in baseball getting absolutely shelled, having bad days. One of them was Jonathan Papelbaum for Boston. Toronto wins the game 6-5, to five, gives up four runs in the ninth inning. Red Sox had a big lead, and you know they have to win as many games as possible if they want to try to catch Tampa Bay and the Yankees. So every loss, a big one for the Red Sox. This one was huge. Toronto scores four in the ninth off Jonathan Papelbaum. Jose Bautista let off the ninth. I think I got it right with his 30 Sixth home run. The guy's just hitting bomb after bomb after bomb. No better news for Jonathan Broxton, who at times is the unhittable closer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, but uh, he was very hittable yesterday. Broxton gives up uh, also four runs in the ninth inning. L.A. actually had a nine, or uh, yeah, L.A. had a nine to two lead, nine to two heading into the bottom of the eighth. Four runs in the bottom of the eighth for Philadelphia. They make the score nine to six. Four more. In the ninth inning off the uh, closer, Jonathan Broxton, final score 10-9. to Big win for Philadelphia. They've won 15 of their last 17. You knew that streak was coming for the Philadelphia streak, uh, Phillies. You knew that streak was coming, and indeed it is. And they're on the chase against the Atlanta Braves. we got some good races uh, coming up in Major League Baseball. Still early. Still early. We haven't even hit mid-August yet. All right, we got to wrap up on today's show. I want to thank David Olson, our producer, for helping me out with today's show. Great job all week. David, uh, Joel Radwanski resting in today after working about 39 out of the last 48 hours. A well-deserved rest for the big dog. He'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend out there, everybody. Enjoy the sports. Enjoy the family. Enjoy the weather. Not necessarily in that order. Don't forget, we got PGA Golf back nine on Sunday. Make sure you find a nice, comfortable couch and watch and see if Tiger can pull one out. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. We'll see you Monday at 10. Don't be late.